lucky in the lab late one night when my eyes beheld an eerie sight for my monster from his slab began to rise and suddenly to my surprise he did the match he did the monster match the monster match it was a graveyard smash he did the match it caught on in a flash he did the match he did the monster Hey kids, it's me, Seb, and today we'll be talking about pre-modern once again. Uh, we'll be going into like the past and head into the future, at least of pre-modern. This is Monster of the Week, constructing old school magic. Need a chill from 93 too. Yeah, this is how we chill from Anton with me today, my dear co-host. Welcome. Thanks, Seb. Hello. And uh, as I used to say to Wallan, what we'll be talking about today? Today we will visit uh, the Spanish hero, the epic finalist, the first loser, Mr. Senor Iñaki Puigdoyers. And I'm butchering his name, but <laughs> hello, Iñaki. Hey, Anton. Hey, Seb. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Yeah, you're most welcome. Um, we needed to get a quote-unquote expert on Psychotog. Yeah. I actually talked with Olan uh, also about doing a Psychotog sometimes before, I think. And he always said, like, well, someone should have played it, maybe. <laughs> 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 so I, I'm kind of glad that you're here. Uh, I usually sit and look at a lot of deck lists, and then I get more and more intrigued. And then I start ordering stuff. And that's what I did today, actually, when I've been sifting through way too many deck lists. Yeah, but that, that's Psychotog for you, right? Like, yeah. most pre-modern players that have actually played pre-modern pre cards back when they were, like, standard legal, they have a fond memory or a horrible memory, but they have a memory or a story related yes. to Psychotog. So mm -hmm. it's, it's one of the key cards that define the era, I'd say. So it's, it's, yeah. it's a topic worth discussing, and I don't think there's anyone better to discuss with than Inyaki because he's the he's the brew ma maestro he's like if you if you are in the Facebook pre-modern online group you have seen Inyaki's <laughs> post there like you have easily he's the top uh, subscriber or producer of content or whatever on that channel aren't you Inyaki you like to write about the modern I, I like to share actually because I think that uh, sharing is the only way. Uh, caring. It, it's caring, yes, but uh, it's also the only way that you will receive, right? So um, yeah. if you see it like if you see it from a kind of if you want a selfish per perspective, it's the only way that I will grow and I will learn by giving. And one thing that I, I can I can really um, agree with you, Anton, when you were saying about premodern and psychotalk. So is uh, so is like this that uh, I would say that the pre-modern group page had a psychotalk for quite a lot of time as a, as a, as the picture on top of it, right? In the banner. So yeah, it's, true, yeah. True. yeah. And we have uh, also on Monster of the Week, but it's blurred out when I do the, <laughs> like for each episode, a picture, but yeah, uh, it's clearly a staple, uh, I don't know, art or 
and I- for like deck also probably we've seen mm. one at least uh, in a lot of big tournaments we've seen at least one playing Psychotalk, right? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think that lots of people enter the the uh, let's say the format uh, because of Psychotalk, but then at some point they realize that Psychotalk. I mean, we will talk about this later, but maybe yeah. in extended it was more dominant than what it is today in pre-modern. Even though it's a good deck, it's not as dominant mm. as it used to be. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, and actually, I've been seeing Inaki's name popping up, as you mentioned, Anton, a bunch of times. And I was wondering, like, it's you have such a specific, special name. So I checked it out, and it's Baskian for... Like from Saint Ignatius, I guess it is. your name's from. It is, it is. Uh, and then I found out that as a pilgrim before climbing the Montserrat, was very high mountain, uh, as an act of total abandonment, the, a monk asked him, can you leave your mule at the monastery? And receiving a yes, the monk pressed on, are you truly dependent on God? Can you leave your only source of def- uh, defense, your sword and dagger at the altar of Our Lady? And Ignatius said yes, and I thought, whatever has this to do with Psychotog? But of course, you have your teeth, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely <laughs> so, something you cannot leave behind. So, this episode, I think we will be have a two, three different segments. Uh, we uh, will start with the history of Psychotog around 2002-2003, then head into the pre-modern era of April 95 to late 2003, uh, where we have our good friend Iraki here uh, to take the reins. Uh, And we will end things with talking about Psychotog decks, like some of the more fringe ones, right? Uh, And some sideboarding, maybe card options we might miss while going at it. But but have we ever, I mean, we always have a plan when we do these uh, recordings, but have we ever stuck to them? I have no idea. Uh, (laughs) Hopefully we have. Uh, That's for the listeners to decide. Uh, So to start with, uh, we have some different decks from the early days that we will slowly piece together uh, so we can know why Psychotalk became a staple deck and what makes it tick. Uh, and Dr. Teeth, as fans came to call him, was printed in Odyssey, was a par- part of a color cycle. Sarkatog, Fantatog, Thaumatog, Lithatog. I don't think we're playing any of those anymore, right? Yeah. Any of them playable even? I think Atog. It's the only Atog uh, besides Psychotog that sees some play. Yeah. Yeah. But he- he's not a part of the cycle, sadly. Yes, it is not. Yeah. Uh, and the first version of the deck, uh, like history-wise, uh, is a block constructed. Uh, and I have one deck here. Uh, will you help me out, uh, Anton, to talk a bit about what we're looking at? Uh, <coughs> so we're looking at the top eight uh, at PT Osaka, right? Hmm? Uh, so Osip Le. Lebedovich, I think. Yeah, I give all, <laughs> <laughs> all the hard names to me. <laughs> all the good good ones to you here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, the, this is the typical blue black psychotog deck with Shadow Mage Infiltrator and then a lot mm-hmm. of like counterspell. You mm-hmm. have a lot of cantrips and you have some um, bounce and upheaval, of course, because upheaval 
came in Odyssey as well. And uh, turns out that bouncing a lot of permanents and then go to discard will make your graveyard large. And uh, Psychotog preys on that. Yeah, mm. I think actually that this was the, the main um, win condition of Psychotog decks, right? Uh, they tend to curve out until turn number 10, and then they upheaval floating mana playing Psychotog, uh, or yeah, then playing the land drop with the circular logic backup and win out of there. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, because circular logic, uh, that's good to mention, like all this early on. That's one of the key cards that mm. probably makes Psychotog um, has its defense up. Mm. For one mana, you can counter everything, basically. Yeah, yeah, we kind of see, looking at it, that, of course, once again, it's block constructed, so we don't have uh, as a large pool to take from, but we have, like, Aether Bursts and, uh, uh, like, stuff to take care of permanents, mm. and then we have a bunch of uh, stuff like Peak and Predict and... Mm. Uh, even concentrate, like just to sift through your deck as quickly as possible. But uh, but you're you're kind of right about that point there, Anaki. Right, that like you need to have seven, uh, nine mana, I guess, then uh, to really like go off uh, yeah. if you want to use upheaval at least. But this format was slow uh, compared to what say pre-modern is today. Uh, but mm. did, did you guys play back then? Did you play standard or block? No, I did not. No. Okay. Me neither. Because I did, and what I remember was like three archetypes that really shined here. It was Madness or Threshold or some something in between. It was Psychotog and it, it was like Mono Black yeah. Control. Uh, so it was kind of a slow, because the Madness deck wasn't that fast either. Um, and yeah, mm. I think... But that, just a question: wasn't wasn't Mono Black Control a little bit later? Uh, and and Red the Guins, the one with Richard. I ah, know that was before, right? The Richard and Ports, Mercadian Masks thingy, the Red the Guins. Yeah, that was before. Yeah, yeah okay, but okay. Tor Torment was in the Odyssey block, so yeah, okay. uh, Black got a lot of yes. kills there. Yeah. Um, well, we we don't need to delve too much on each deck no. like uh, that we go through, but just to get a general feel of where we were in the beginning. Um, so I think what you took from this, Inaki, was basically Psychotog, Circular Logic that Anto maybe mentioned. Yeah. What more cards were key that we might still see? For me, the, the interesting thing is one thing that uh, we have not seen through all the Psychotogs in between this first version and the ones that we have in Premodern. But now in Premodern, we play some cards that were played back then, which is Predict. Predict, which is, mm. is not very good in this build. It, it's a lot better in Premodern. But uh, it's interesting to see it like in the very beginning. I, I didn't even know that. Hmm. No, I don't remember that at all either. But yeah, uh, I don't think they had uh, that many. It's options. a cute card. I don't know. It, it's nothing that works with it, right? Uh, like not in the deck at least. Yeah. Uh, but it's mostly, well, you draw one and you usually... Well, as I mentioned, it's block constructed. Yeah. You sift through your deck as quickly as possible. Yeah. What we do see uh, in the standard portion uh, of 2002 uh, is uh, we're looking at Brian Kibler's deck mm. next. And then we get more into uh, at least what Psychotog came to be, right, mm -hmm. Sinaki? Yes. Yes, but uh, now it's interesting, right? Like now we see, uh, maybe it was, uh, it was a standard, right? Because here we see Memory Lapse and we don't see Predict. Uh, 
But now, yeah, this definitely looks a little bit more like a staple. Uh, these Nightscape Familiars have been played, I think, all over the, the standard season. Um, they, they also came in the in the gold border deck um, that uh, mm. was uh, Romao, right? Uh, Romao's gold border deck. It was very similar to this one. Yeah. yeah. And we see, as you mentioned, Nightscape Familiar making you able to uh, play the upheaval mm. and earlier. Yeah. Uh, but maybe not the <laughs> psychotox since you're uh, upheavaling your nightscape familiar. But mm -hmm. you, you can, you're, it's more constrained. We have the circular logic still. We're going into counter spells, and that's probably a real sweet addition. Also, fact or fiction. Four of them. Probe, that's pretty cool. Uh, still a bunch of uh, like answers here in Repulse. We have four repulses. Uh, maybe in land section, it's a better cons like mana base, of course, since you have more uh, cards to choose from. But the Cephalid Colosseum maybe sticks out a bit. Yeah, I think that basically um, what we can see here, and, uh, and uh, maybe Anton can tell us if you also play this as standard, right? But it looks like it was also a little bit like a slower format because what this deck tends to do is basically like delay the game until they do their shenanigan. Uh, out of upheaval, but it's basically delaying with repulse and and countering, uh, yeah, basically bouncing and countering everything until you get this turn nine. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so yeah, I remember back then like repulse was such a good card uh, in um, standard, uh, and that's telling you that it wasn't that fast. Like mm. the invasion odyssey block, uh, it was all about resources basically. And, yeah, psychedelic preyed on that. Yeah, the memory lapsing of, uh, uh, yeah, that also, I don't know, I haven't seen that much memory lapse decks per se in uh, pre-modern. It's banned in uh, like newer <laughs> uh, arena formats, but uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. It's basically in the solution, the Lightning Angel deck, uh, one version has played it, then I don't know hmm. anymore. Yeah. Your and Psychotog, as you will see later. played it, but Tricks ain't even a deck, so yeah. No. Psychotog. Do, do have you, are you playing it in Psychotog now? We're going into pre-modern later on, but... <laughs> I, I played it, like, in my last iteration, uh, I'm not playing it, just, uh, I'll explain the reasons mm. later, but uh, I played it a lot, together with Predict and Portent. Yeah. Okay. But would you, uh, when you have Nightscape Familiar, like, those counter spells, come so much better because they only cost blue then yeah so you're not that picky i mean you, how many counter spells do we have in pre-modern that has one colorless one blue it's like arcane denial and memory lapse and private oh. basically yeah and, and mana leak if you want and mana leak of course yeah yeah of course yeah um like it, it has the one blue mana and one generic mana in going for it, but uh, and uh, maybe it's not a time walk like it can be in a slower grindier format. Mm. Uh, so, like we're not, <laughs> I mentioned we're not going through each and every deck, but what what I uh, when I put this together, I thought it interesting how we moved from uh, like it evolved a bit in standard. Uh, as it should do, but then it evolved also color-wise, right? Uh, mainly, uh, 
like in, in Taipei and then Milwaukee and then Worlds 2002, uh, we saw like a red Psychotog deck. Uh, that's pretty interesting, right, Anton? Yeah, I mean, Nightscape Familiar did uh, reduce both red and, and blue, so it kind of... I think it felt like natural to add red because you did have some bombs with like Fire Eyes and Flame Tongue Kabu uh, mm. and or Burning Wish uh, later on. So um, there are some interesting tools. Uh, I don't remember how good Mana Base was. Uh, Inyaki, you, might, you are the better mm-hmm. person <laughs> to discuss this, I think. Yeah, so I think that... Um, um, was this uh, standard or was it extended? I think we're still at standard, standard here. Okay. Yeah, it's standard. So. Yeah, I th- well, the mana base, I think that uh, because it's basically a splash and splash is like, actually, this is a little bit more than a splash because a splash is like four or less cars, strictly speaking. Mm. Um, but I think that this mana base, it's supporting it kind of well. It has 11 uh, red sources, if I, if I can read it correctly. And, uh, oh. But uh, this is kind of cheating, right? Because Four out of the seven uh, red cars are fire eyes, which yeah. is actually also yeah. played out of blue, and, yeah. and and this is so good in Psychotalk, uh, not only because this, it gives access to a little bit more board control, but because as we said before, like Psychotalk loves to cycle through the deck. Yeah, I think a lot of people might remember fire and ice. We're not going into uh, two thousand four. 2005 then i think like isochron scepter and stuff like that that people might not know about (laughs) became a thing Uh, you imprint a card on the artifact and then you can play fire and ice each turn i think they redid how the converted mana cost works but it costs two Uh, so you can i I don't know exactly if that works anymore but then you could have a have like on a stick also uh, tapping down drawing card or doing two damage Still, I think Fire and Ice is a key card if you're playing more than blue and black, mm. right, Tanaki? Yeah, uh, the, yeah. I, I would say that the only problem with Fire Ice uh, in, in, pre-modern, in pre-modern mindset, um, sorry, because I, I, I'm more expert in pre-modern rather than in the old school, but in pre-modern mindset is that it doesn't answer lucky, which is a big thing. Besides that, yeah. the card is incredible. Yeah. Mm. But you you want to... You like it's you can use the you can use the ice so many times, right? You don't really need the red mana always, uh, and uh, yeah, I think also noteworthy here is uh, burning wish. Uh, like then you could fetch stuff from exile also. Uh, yeah, back then you, you could. C- yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, you can't do that anymore. So psychotog exiling cards from. Hand or graveyard yeah. made you made the burning wish. Uh, yeah, made you you got to take them back, but yeah. that's not a thing anymore. Yeah, and, and also you can imagine that this deck, uh, because in the main deck there is no upheaval, it should be in the sideboard because uh, you have access with burning wish, right? Yeah, and you save yeah. some yeah. some space and you, uh, basically you improve your top decks. Yeah, I think they have had a like Paul Sheon and a bunch of players did this like a what you call it uh, a throwback uh, thing uh, and uh, when Paul Sheon played it he uh, asked how he should cyborg in the mirror and they just said uh, they like take out the burning wish because 
<laughs> like that, that doesn't even work anymore. Just put in the good cards in the sideboard, yeah. as you mentioned, if you're playing upheaval or whatever there. Yeah. Um, like we have two more decks uh, in the standard uh, area, but mainly it's just like Flame Tongue Cavu became a thing. And then, especially, I think in the last deck with the blue black Psychotog at top eight worlds that Dave Humphreys played, uh, he put in Wonder also, mm. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, wonder is amazing. Uh, like that—that—that's the hard part with Psychotog. You can make it a huge monster, but it doesn't have any evasion. Yeah. So wonder is a elegant solution uh, to to solve that. Mm. And then we did see, like in the blue black version, starting to play with Cunning Wish, uh, uh, as I mentioned. Also, yeah. uh, nice to have a bunch of answers in the sideboard, like graveyard hate and like one factor fiction since you're playing through three main you can have one of them inside where you can have one one of each good card i guess uh, there also i think that one of the things that is worth mentioning about wonder is that all these builds with three and four factor fictions wonder plays very good also with with those factor fictions because either way if you draw it if, or if it ends up into the graveyard um it does the job anyway yeah so it makes the, the stacks a little bit more complicated yeah and and also cunning wish uh, uh, what, what Anton was saying about this evasion, uh, it gives you access to cards like Ensnare, which was pretty mm. good. Like, uh, you just tap everything and also took two cards to can, so you discard more for the Psychotog. It was kind of a win-win card all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I think I ordered a target for Cunning Wish then. Uh, like, when I ordered cards, I don't remember what it's called. Shadow something. Shadow, shadow Rift. Rift. Shadow yeah. Rift. Shadow Rift. Is it? That gives uh, creature shadow yep. uh, and then you draw a card. Yes. Uh, so that's even better than a wonder sometimes, I guess, if you're playing Cunning Wish. Yeah, yeah. yeah it depends on, like, if you. I, I mean, we're, we're going to discuss these topics anyway, but like a card such as Intuition, if you have Wonder mm. in your deck, <coughs> like. You will get the vision. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that the point here is like depending on the on on the role of the matchup, right? If you are the beatdown, uh, I agree that they play a similar role. But if you are the control, uh, having wonder in the deck, uh, it allows you to block those, uh, let's say, flying mongrels of the opponent that they play in mm. in madness, right? It also as a defensive tool, uh, it's very good. And in pre-modern, it allows you to block hippies, which is very relevant as well. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Uh, like you have, you don't have clean answers usually. You're playing edicts sometimes, mm. or maybe like that. Maybe you have the fire and ice if you're playing more yeah. colors, but or vendetta. Uh, yeah, yeah, vendetta. I, I, I'm playing it in like m more because you need the turn one answers, right? Yes. Also, mm. vendetta don't work against hippies though, but. Uh, it's a clean answer for a lot of yeah, cards. Yeah, Vendetta doesn't kill with. any card you want at the time, like Phyrexian Dreadnought. <laughs> ah, <shit>. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I think I, th I think it's good against red decks and, I don't know, yeah. 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 Priest of Titanium and Lackey. Yes. Meddling mages. And, We've seen yeah. a lot of magic and ball, mages. And ball lining. Around. And ball, ball lining. lining. Yeah, it's very good against ball lining. <laughs> True. Uh, so, uh, we're heading into extended territory more it's more and more into the pre-modern pool here uh, and that's actually where you also 
started kind of uh, getting a feel for yes. the psychotalk deck in pre-modern, right? Definitely, like, yeah, yeah, definitely. So um, that's basically what what kind of inspired me the first versions of it. So back in 2018, I actually like wrote a an article that was explaining how did I kind of evolve from extended to pre-modern the psychotalk builds and basically that we need to acknowledge that there are like a lot of differences between both formats. Um, so the meta is not the same, the carpool is not the same. You can kind of understand and, and get some ideas, but you definitely need to make some tweaks to adapt it uh, to, to either format you play. Yeah, you can find it on Premodern Magic. Uh, it's called uh, premodernmagic.com, the mothership. Uh, you c it's called From Extended to Premodern, a story about eight talks. Uh, a very solid write-up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Anton, you, I, I said, I read that, but I don't remember. And you said, you don't remember anything. <laughs> no, yeah. no, no. I said, you don't have the best memory, Seth. Best memory, no. <laughs> well, I never claimed that. Uh, so, in Extended, uh, Anton, what are we looking at? Uh, like... Yeah, okay. Going so forward uh, with ATOG. Going forward. So block to standard to extend. Yeah, okay. The big thing is brainstorm is huge here. Yes. Uh, it kind of uh, makes. Car with the fetches also. With then. the fetches, right. the public yeah. delta are there, absolutely. Yeah. And we didn't have fetches earlier, but now we have yeah. access to that also. Uh, and I think, I think I'll start there. There are some. A lot more interesting uh, card choices, but um, I know Inyaki, he, he likes to discuss some key cards. And um, yeah, let's discuss Brainstorm, Inyaki. Yeah, How did so it affect the deck? I think that, but, well, um, uh, yeah, for me, the, the, the main or the most impactful changes that we have from standard to extended is, as you said, Brainstorm, and maybe we discuss it later, mm -hmm. but Intuition is the other one. Um, but I would say, like, Brainstorm, I mean, this card is everything. Like, people call it Cantrip. I don't think it's a country because, uh, by definition, it's something much more than that. It's something in between a country and a draw engine, right? It's kind of it just filters through three cards yeah. um, in an amazing way that uh, there is like uh, no comparison, and, and that's the reason why we have it. Um, I mean, there are like several reasons, but but we don't have access in Primal to that car. But I think it's basically yeah, ubiqui ubiquitous uh, if if in any format that it's played. So what it does is like it turns a hand that it can be useless into gas easily right and yeah exactly for second well, this is what, crazy uh, that it's a reason why it's not legal in uh pre-modern and i think berlin said it once <laughs> one, time and time again like this is not a brainstorm format mm. and if you play have brainstorm in this format it's probably a brainstorm format right it's uh yeah. something you play if you're playing blue yes. uh, and then everything needs to be addressed around it uh, yeah if you want to play brainstorm play legacy like that's the yeah yeah that's um, the discussion about why it's bad. but brainstorm makes like in the we, we have peter moving uh you'll be uh, like we're talking blue black psychotog now yeah uh, and uh we ha in his version He's playing like four, four, uh, four spikes, <laughs> and usually you have a hand, as you mentioned, Naki, with uh, maybe too many lands or maybe mm. four spikes that don't do anything yet anymore, uh, and then you just like put them on the top, fetch, and yeah. get more new stuff. So yeah. uh, basically, that's how it makes work. Otherwise, uh, you mentioned the intuition, Anton. I think the uh, accumulated, accumulated knowledge, the accus, are also 
of course, a great addition if you have intuition, right? Yeah, it was kind of... Yeah, a no every, every, yeah, it was a no-brainer. <laughs> like every deck played it, so there was like always eight accumulated knowledges uh, when you played extended uh, yeah. <laughs> across uh, the two decks. Uh, yeah, it, it it was a good card. I mean, it still is, but uh, there are other tools. Hmm. Uh, but then uh, Anton Jonsson, local hero. I grew up in Umeå, and uh, yeah, he he was from there. Uh, I was so starstruck. Mm. He did uh, top eight with another key card in Psychotogen Extended: a free giant growth, a double giant growth called yes. Gush. <laughs> uh, so that's that's the other like game changer here for Psychotog. Yeah, I think that's where we started in Aki when I just asked about like talking about uh, Psychotog uh, and then you instantly wanted to talk about Gush. <laughs> like, <laughs> Gush is such a specific card, right? And it makes everything warp around it in a way. Uh, the mana base and like how you build up your deck. Even cards like Upheaval, it's yeah. questionable maybe yeah. if you play Gush. Actually, Gush is one of the, I would say, like most uh, skill-intensive cards. So is that, that, uh, I don't, well, I guess you know that there is a, a book called by, uh, written by Stephen Menendian called Understanding Gush, yeah. which is around mm. 80 pages just explaining how to properly play Gush. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a very Menendian way to it, go it about is. it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, but really, like, Gush is one of those cards that... Uh, also, like Brainstorm, I would say Brainstorm is also a very like uh, high skill cap card. Like uh, Brainstorm mm -hmm. can be played in a very good way or can be played in a terrible way. Right? Like yeah. Bra yeah. brainstorming end of turn without like having a fetch effect or exactly. a shuffling effect. These kind of plays. Same with Gush. Like typical play of like people starting to play Gush. Like I bounce two lands at the end of the turn just to draw two more cards with Gush. You're just giving it a lot of tempo. So it's a very tricky card to play that uh, really deserves some learning curve. Mm. Yeah, but you're you're agreeing with uh, Anton and Anton's assessments uh, here that Gush is a key card. Would you say going forward? I would say uh, Gush for me it's the single most important card in 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 Psychotog, even in premodern, and that's one of the reasons why I do play UB over UB with a splash, just because of the mm. mana base, because you need um, a certain density of islands to play it properly. And there is many reasons for this. Like the first of, of all is because it's the biggest um, force pumper to Psychotog. It's actually not two giant growths, but it's a plus 6.5, plus 6.5 actually yeah. damage okay. to Psychotog mm -hmm. mm -hmm. um, compared to the next one, which is Factor Fiction, which is a plus six, plus six uh, in the average scenario. So yeah, it's basically like a, a game winner. Uh, you can win games out of the blue. Uh, and actually you can win a turn four with a Psychotalk just because you have access to Gush and Factor Fiction. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So the, like you brought uh, a deck also uh, from Extended that you yes. kind of started tinkering with, like tuning into Premodern, right? Yeah. Uh, what went through your mind? We had like Sapphire Medallion there and other stuff what? that we did not see in Anton Jonsson's deck. But the thing is that uh, I have to admit it that I'm a 
everything that has the storm keyword there, uh, it's so attractive to me that yeah. I cannot yeah. like overlook <laughs> that, right? Like, and this. Mm. And we're not talking about brainstorm, are we? We're talking about brain freeze actually in this deck. Yeah. Ah, okay. So nice this deck, nice. this deck has this extra out, so you can win like through standard psychotic uh, plays, but it also packs four sapphire medallions. All four, no, three gushes, then intuitions, accumulated knowledge, all the regular cycling uh, spells. But off the board, playing four cunning wishes in main deck, he played one brain freeze, which it has two ways to be useful in this in this deck. One is like regularly brain freeze after a counter war or whatever, and you just win by decking. But you can also brain freeze mm -hmm. yourself end of turn for, I don't know, 24 cards after yeah. a little bit of counter war and then kill with psychotoc right away. Exactly. That's beautiful. Uh, other key things to like think about when you're playing the at least at the two thousand early two thousands uh, uh, like extended. Uh, I, I think uh, so like the f we have one card I'm thinking about. And it's probably with gush. Yeah. Uh, I would Taylor put in foil right yeah. yes i was gonna say that yeah. <clears throat> yeah foil foil it's it's a very good card i mean it, i think it kind of tries to play the role of force of will which is not really force of will but it's like the tempo counter that can get you basically there with free storm and it's power mm. it's powered by gush yes yeah yeah so in a like even if you're out of mana or whatever, you have still have the gush foil uh, scenario mm. going for you. But I think uh, that, that that's one of the things that that we can see um, along all the history of of Psychotok, right? Like people tend to think that Psychotok it's kind of a control deck, which I kind of disagree because most of mm -hmm. the, the the cards that the deck plays are not like control cards, not, not like bombs that uh, have huge card advantage or like. Um, shift the, the types of the game it's more like it tries to play like tempo favorable cards like we saw it in the beginning with repulse and uh, memory lapse we see it here with gush foil and it tries to do its thing which is kind of combo control playing the psychotop to seal the game mm. in one way or another as fast as you can yeah i, I think and like uh, sorry yeah sorry no i i think that's i think that's probably the key part of this whole episode what you're mentioning now in yaki like when I tried back in 2017 or something, when I tried uh, playing Psychotog, I did approach it as a control deck. And like, that doesn't work. It's not, you don't like three for one with a deck. So, yeah. so you're very, it's very important to see it what it is as a tempo yeah. deck. Yeah, and also, I mean, if you want to, I mean, when you try to, when you play a control deck or whatever deck, you always benchmark against, uh, against the standard let's say, archetype of that pillar, right? And in this case, if you benchmark it versus blue-white landsteel, like, you will never be better at controlling that blue-white landsteel. You, you don't have tools to do that, right? Like, yep. you, you need exactly. to do something else, and you need to mm. refine your deck in some other, let's say, vector, if you want to, like, make it work in this format. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what you were mentioning, Anton, goes into also, like, how it tends to not only like with the cunning wishes but also we see duresses being played more mm. and more yeah. it goes into the <laughs> like combo deck area then you're just like yeah. looking spotting traps and then like trying to 
jump over them or whatever you do mm. or g- get them out of your way yeah. uh, and then head in with your in the deck that uh, Inaki uh, had with Taylor Putnam played in 2005 uh, he's playing like Shadow Rift uh, and then uh, the addition with Brain Freeze in the sideboard yeah. uh, if you kind of wish for it yeah because uh, that's basically a mono blue deck uh, the only black card in main deck is Psychodon. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, yeah, no dresses there. I no. thought I saw them. Maybe in the sideboard. But I, I think that no? the reason why it does not have the rest and, and the reason why we do have the rest <coughs> in Premother or the reason why mm. I play the rest in Psychotog is not, not because of the combo flavor that it can also be, but the main reason is because Premodern is a source to plosher format. Yeah. And you yeah. need... Yeah. An efficient, clean answer to source to plosher, or basically you cannot play, right? Because uh, that 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 is destroying your strategy. Yeah, and I think we said it time and time again here on <laughs> the pod that the rest is probably like the most kind of one of the best cards in the format because it takes care of. I don't think you can play a deck where you don't find yeah, goblins. Some goblins. Well, <laughs> goblins play. <coughs> well, is it only creatures? Yeah, yeah hard, yeah, hard yeah, charm, basically. But yeah, uh, yeah against yeah. goblins, okay, it's, well, it's dead. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, maybe... basically a lot of decks you can find some targets. Yeah, but it's very mm-hmm. good. Uh, yeah. Why I mentioned it earlier, Anton Jonsson's uh, deck uh, played more black. But you're you're correct about like how this is basically a mono blue deck where you play sapphire medallion, mm-hmm. uh, and you're playing like four intuition. It's kind of a cool deck in that sense. You, you really know what you want to do. Four cunning wishes, four intuitions, four sapphire medallions. Yeah. It's just like, come, let's let's play. Yeah. <laughs> let let me play. Uh, and I guess that's also the reason why you play three foils, right? Like when you play intuition and you play four intuitions, you really want to start playing three offs, the important cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that is basically the like history of Psychotog, I'd say. We probably skipped over a bunch of stuff, but uh, uh, maybe we should head into pre-modern uh, territory. What do you guys think? Cool. Yeah. Cool. found some uh, interesting facts from uh, the TC deck stats, Psychotog builds, mm. uh, Psychotog being the most played card, <laughs> okay, 3.78 average, Pluto Delta, Accu, Duresses, Underground River, I think all of these we've already mentioned, mm-hmm. Circular Logic, Monoleaks, kind of new, right? Gosh. So we're kind of in the... There's nothing new there, but what happens when you open up the card pool, Inaki? Where do you want to begin? So here, I, I'm, I'd say that in the very beginning, or I would say like the starting point for most of us had been inspiring on uh, extended list, which means, as we said before, um, that the most important par- uh, cards that appear in those decks were intuition, that goes together with accumulated knowledge and then maybe gush, right? And as you can see, like th- all throughout 
2018 until until late 2020 or even today there are like lots of people that kind of have this mindset um even though today mm. they, it, it started kind of diverge a little bit and i'm a huge defender of not going that route but uh with, <laughs> of, of keeping it old old school <laughs> yeah, of, of keeping it a proper pre-modern deck because um i'd say that um intuition and a k and ak it's very good but yeah. it's very slow right and in pre-modern you have like um let's say non non-forgiving decks like goblins sly or even elves, right? You cannot be tr planning to intuition into a K when you have in front of you a uh, Quirion Ranger with a Llanowar Elf and um, Survival of the Fetus threatening to kill you in turn four. Yeah, mm. no, I agree. So you have brought your first draft uh, to the table and that's basically m more in line of what we talked about. Yes. Uh, but talk us through it anyhow yeah so basically this is the, uh, i basically started that point intuition and accumulated knowledge and i also wanted to try this upheaval right because this is what i even though i didn't play it back then that's what i heard and that's what i knew about psychotalk like psychotalk is a deck mm. it's a control deck that's what i thought back then it's a control deck that you just play mana 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 and then uh, mm. upheaval uh, play psychotalk and hope you win right uh, and, and then uh, I started playing with my friends and one of my friends uh, that uh, I can be more thankful uh, to him, he's kind of the red guy of the group, right? Like, uh, and he played a lot of goblins and he also played like uh, fires and, and sly and like very, very aggressive decks. And I was losing all the time uh, because <laughs> I, I, I mean, I was holding like upheaval in hand and intuition and AK and yeah, well, I, I could win against like the rock because of course intuition and ak it's very good against the rock because uh, you can outdraw them mid-range yes mid-range yeah. decks but it was completely impossible to win the aggressive decks and yeah and, and that was basically uh why i evolved my first draft to something different which was what anton did as well trying to splash for red uh say okay mm. uh, i'm i'm facing aggro decks i should burn them down uh, that yeah. was basically my idea and, and i started like thinking about how, how can I make it work. And yeah, uh, of course, Fire Eyes was the obvious option, but I also wanted to play some Lightning Balls because Lightning Ball, it's answering Lucky. And uh, I, at that point, I also acknowledged that um, Goblins was a threat because it was like uh, in my kitchen table all the time. And, <laughs> and it worked very well. But then uh, I started realizing that I want to play Gush, right? Like. This was a little bit like the, the history, right? And, and then Gash doesn't go well with this splash. Mm. Yeah. You also played F Flame Tongue Cavu, as we mentioned <laughs> yeah. earlier, from the standard portion uh, of it. Yeah. Uh, like when you started fiddling with red, you put in Flame Tongue Cavu. Maybe this is the only deck you could play Fla Flame Tongue Cavu in. Uh, you yeah, I remember. At least discard it to Psychotalk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's funny, like the Grixis version, there are. It's so hard to put like 60 cards in Grixis Psychotog. Because it's like, yeah. okay, Burning Wish, oh my god, you can get Pyroclasm. That's huge. <laughs> and uh, you want Fire Eyes. And I agree. I also like tried out Lightning Bolt. And then you want Nightscape Familiars. <laughs> and then like your mana base is horrendous. It's it's such a hard yes. deck. So you can't play Gush. Like, and yeah, it's hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do you're... have some like new additions that I like in the mana base. Uh, we're. You're trying out Tainted Isle and uh, uh, Isle, Isle, yeah, whatever. Uh, yes. And 
Uh, you also played Tainted Peak. Yeah. Uh, like if you have an island or a uh, no swamp or a mountain, it comes into play untapped. Yeah. Like in the earlier versions in 2002, we had the Dark Water Catacombs. You have you're trying one there also, so. Yeah, yeah, it it, it was you, not. It, you're no, building it, a kind of cool monobase, but it's not gush monobase. So. No, but but also I uh, I have to say that uh, this was back in 2018, and I kind of evolved a lot, and I learned a lot from 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 that date until today, and I can tell that this monobase is terrible. So, tainted peak and and all the tainted lands uh, only work properly if you run at the very least 12 to 14 swamps, right? Because yeah. you, you, oh, okay. if, if you want to have access to the color mana in turn two, you need a huge density of swamps. Otherwise, it's going to be a fantastic uh, colorless waste or, or color, colorless card that is not going to help you at all, right? I think it's, it's one of the cards that when you read it, it's much cooler than when you play it. Yeah, I thought like turn one, swamp, duress, then tainted yeah. isle. Yeah, but then you can uh, count. You need polluted delta. Yeah. yeah. But also, yeah, how, I understand that. But but also, you need how many swamps do you need to do that play, right? Consistently, because here I was playing six right. swamps. That's basically like impossible to reproduce this yeah. consistently. Yeah, and four of them are polluted deltas. Yes. So. Mm -hmm. Okay. I think we so, should uh, state here that Inyaki, one other like attribute he's famous for is statistics. That's kind of what you do for a living and uh, how you like to approach deck building. So. Yes. Yeah, it's it's cool to hear you talk numbers very modestly here, but yeah, this guy he knows what he's talking about. I, I just want to put that in here. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Yeah, so yeah, and and but I understand that uh, also. Uh, I, I'm having like this discussion all the time because like for most of the people, the important part is like testing and playing it. But uh, I have to say that I personally um, spend a lot of time in the pregame and analyzing and kind of uh, trying to tune the, everything that at least works. In a, in a sound way, right? So basically, I want I want to know I like to know what to expect when I play a deck, and I want to uh, minimize variance. That's why I, that's also what one of the reasons why I played twenty two lands in the slide, which is kind of the the topic that came out of the epic, um, because I mm. I want to consistently play my cards. Uh, yeah, yeah, and and that's also why I can and basically what you can see in, in like my more modern deck list, which is one of the main features of those. So you're talking about leaving uh, accumulated knowledge, uh, like the blue-black psychotog. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, he, so yeah. So in... is this is this more of what you would play if you're playing psychotog at least? This is your first yes. version of that. This is basically like uh, the first version that I, I feel confident that I can tell it's a pre-modern psychotog deck. And not an extended mm. evolution of the Psychotog deck, right? Because um, yeah. here, um, I, I the, the way I understand pre-modern, uh, it's kind of I understood that it was a faster format, uh, so I needed to kind of play faster cards, and and also I really wanted to move away from um, double color mana costs, um, just because um, I wanted to have access to the turn one duress into turn two counter magic. Uh, which is very difficult if you do it uh, with basic lands and you want to play counter spell as well, right? So in this deck, yeah. I played like Memory Lapse, Mana Leak uh, as the counter uh, as the counters of choice, um, and also Memory Lapse goes very well with Predict, which goes very well with Portent. So it started to have like a little bit of coherence 
altogether. And uh, also mm. the, the, the thing that I like here is that I could kind of cut a little bit the land count because normally Psychatox play to 23 to 24 lands, but having access to Porten, um, basically by the, uh, yeah, by the, how, how is it called? Um, Xerox law. Yeah, the, the Xerox law. Yeah. Uh, it allows you to cut uh, some lands and, and smooth out the draws. Okay, for the listeners, uh, you're playing, when you found the right build, uh, you're, you have a more consistent build. You're playing one wonder, two shadow mage in, infiltrators, four psychotogs, one diabolic edict, one ghostly demise, the funeral charms, two of them, two impulses. Uh, that's a key card in pre-modern, I mm. think. Two monoliques, two memory lapses. Still sticking with the memory lapse there. Uh, two predicts, as you mentioned. Uh, two smother, three circular logics, three fact of fiction, three gushes, uh, four dress, and four portent. Uh, a more clean. Uh, land base, mana base there with the Bloodstained Mire, one of them, two Flooded Strands, four Paludala, so a lot of fetches, yeah. but four Swamps, four Underground Rivers, and seven Islands. This looks such like such a non Inyaki list. It's like a lot of two offs and one offs and the three offs. It's, um, it's not the guy I. I learned to know through Epic. <laughs> yes, I know, uh, but I can tell that this is the result of. Um, of three, four years of testing the same deck, right? Like, and yeah. what you can see here, even though there is like a lot of two-offs, most of those two-offs uh, play the same role. Like for instance here, Manalik and Memory Lapse yeah. are covering the counter spell, kind of four counter spells. And also the reason why I play a lot of one and two and, and whatever is because um, black removal is so bad. I mean, spot, yeah. spot removal, It's right? situational. Yes. And, uh, yes. uh, if, and you truly yeah. need to kind of adapt to that. And for instance, the, the funeral charms here are especially good, not only because they work norm, like as an answer to Lucky and also Ball Lightning or Jackalpop, but also because uh, they can give Psychotalk uh, evasion if you have swamps in front of you, right? And it can, it can enable a fast kill if need be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And also the mana base. Yeah, I, I I really like your removal suite uh, in this list, though. Like uh, as you said, black. You need to you need to pick one uh, from here and there, and yeah, you can't do four ops yeah. in black removal suite. Yeah, and unless you play a very tempo oriented deck, uh, which you know that you're gonna be in the beatdown since the very beginning, uh, like I do, for instance, with the pitch black version that I play, that I play for. Um, the diabolic attic because I know that yeah. I, I'm gonna kill everything very fast, right? And I'm not gonna give like time to breathe to my opponent. But that's not the case with Psychotok. No, no, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think like uh, you're you're still playing Shadow Mage Infiltrators here yeah. also. Uh, that's a key card from earlier. Mm. Uh, how how do what do you think about that now? Yeah, so Shadow Mage Infiltrator. Um, the reason why I introduced it to the deck is because um, I really felt that I need to have like more threats because for Psychotox it felt a little bit too few, especially to battle mid-range or control decks. But then um, later I realized that, uh, I mean, this is not a brainstorm format, but this is a Mizras Factory format. And Mizras Factory, mm. it's kind of ubiquitous again um, in in the Landsteel and, and, and the Rock, which are like the main kind of archetypes that you want to have uh, access uh, in, to infiltrator, right? And uh, mm -hmm. yeah, and, and that's the reason. Like I'm, more a grinder. Yes, 
grinder games. Yeah. yeah. Because the, the whole idea is to have four threads and to kind of bait source to plowshares. But the thing is that if they have mm. like a natural answer in the form of Mistress Factory, they will never play source to plowshares on that uh, guy. Yeah, so it's right. pointless. Uh, I think maybe that also goes for uh, why you need <laughs> wonder and maybe why the shadow rift won't work <laughs> every time. Yeah, what? Uh, why I really hated shadow mage infiltrator when I tried uh, tried them out like a few years ago. Uh, because you want you want to learn it, you want to land it turn three, mm, but you don't yeah. want to tap out on turn three. Because that turn is such a key turn in pre-modern overall. Like you don't want to, you don't want to put in a creature that's like not that too big much of an impact when you say there's emissions factory like everywhere. Yeah. And tap out, and then they play mm -hmm. like turn four humility or uh, wrath yeah. of god or whatever. Like it, it's it's a sweet card and I have a lot of nostalgia for it, but ah, oh, I, I you can't play it on turn three and tap out because yeah. it doesn't do that impact. But yeah. yeah, and it's also Finkel, and who does not love Finkel? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> mm, yeah, I've I've tried it out, and yeah, it really depends on what you're playing against. But maybe you're right about how when you really need like the <clears throat> additional card draws, it's a slower, grindier game, and you're not playing that game. Uh, yeah, with it. Uh, I I, I think it. Matchups. I think it also boils down to what the deck plans to do, right? If you see at the 60 cards, this deck is mostly like a Drogo deck. Like it has a lot of instants. So you really want to have like open mana to uh, counter the early plays of the opponent and then kind of play safely a Psychotok and go for the kill. Um, if, like mm. it, it, it's, it's so important, this kind of um, consistency that I have struggled sometimes to kind of remove the, the rest, even though we have said before, um, that is an amazing card, and it is an amazing card, and you need it for source to plowshares. But it also feels very awkward in, in a deck, and, and the rest is important, right? That you really want the open mana. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, they're like so, let's say, powerful and impactful and needed for the deck that uh, you can... Uh, and also they're like turn one plays normally, so it's not that critical. But for uh, I fully agree with Anton that like tapping out for a 1-3 that it's blocked with a Mistress Factory uh, doesn't sound very good. Mm. No, no. I mean, obviously, there there are game states where they are amazing, but like overall, mm, no, yeah. they are not good enough, sadly. But yeah. So, going forward once again, uh, you added at least yeah, but be, 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 two things. Before, mo or, before yeah, going forward, there's one thing that I really want to say, and that uh, I, I like a lot about my sideboard in Psychotalk, and it's not played that much. Uh, I know that. Tom Metalski also played uh, these in the sideboard when he played his list, um, and he's Nebenerals Disc. So yeah. Nebenerals Disc two of is super good in Psychotalk for several reasons. First is because it gives you answers to things that you don't have answer otherwise. Like you can uh, destroy Humility, right, uh, which completely destroys your plan, or if they land, mm -hmm. or if they landed the cursed totem, which also destroys your plans. Yeah. But also because the opponent normally. Uh, bores out and does not board in any artifact or enchantment hit against Psychotok because you normally don't play enchantments or artifacts. So it is quite likely that mm. it will survive and it can also be used as a Wrath of God uh, against the, the pressure uh, or the, yeah, the beatdown decks that uh, are trying to raise you. Yeah, it's a very cool card. Um... Yeah, it's 
classic to for at least black decks to have mm. a, a, the disc uh, as like an answer even if, in grinder matchups and just clean up like enchantments and stuff that you might not be able to <coughs> take care of uh, and regarding that you're playing four annals yeah. uh, you wrote that you wanted to like blue white land still and astral slide and decks like that it might be a problem yeah, so yeah but yeah you're really taking care of that yeah. <laughs> yeah but that's that's basically like for the next version that uh that i really built it uh to try to beat these decks because like for me the three worst pairings in psychotalk in pre-modern uh, are blue white landstill just because blue white landstill has nothing else to do that to basically answer four cards in your deck they can just sit down and wait for this mm. four psychotalks and, and mm. try to answer them and win the game. Uh, it's, uh, they, they, mm. they need to do nothing else. And yeah. Astral Slide, because, like, obvious reasons, right? If they manage to land an, an Astral Slide, the only thing they need to do is wait with the cycling in their hand. And once you uh, attack and pump oh. your Psychotop, they cycle it out and you lose. And Enchantress, yeah. it's, it's a different story. The thing with Enchantress is that they play four elephant grass yeah. <laughs> which <laughs> completely cr crippled your your hope uh, of winning yeah. <laughs> yeah and yeah that's a bit silly yeah. and for that reason uh, what i came up with is okay how can i win with psychotalk without having to attack uh, because i don't want to go through um Astro i don't want to go through, ast through astral light i don't want to go through the elephant grass how can i beat that and then I came back to kind of uh, write a splash once again, because there is one card that uh, we all know from Fling Attack, which yeah. is Fling, right? And uh -huh. the good thing with Fling is that it can also win at instant speed. Once you land your Psychotalk, you can answer to whatever they do with Cunning Wish Fling and, and win on the spot. And yeah, yeah and, and with, uh, with this, uh, you can go through and, and win easily Asteroid Light and, and through Elephant Grass. Um, yeah, and, and that's that's basically the reason why I kind of try to play with this uh, other version uh, with a little bit of a red splash and a couple of yeah yeah well. So what's key here is that you're keeping the gushes right? Yes, uh, and you're like as much as possibly just splashing basically the fling, but you have the fire and ice. Yes. Uh, to go with them. Yeah. Note, noteworthy here is you're still on three gushes because we haven't really addressed that yet. What's the correct number of gushes? Mm -hmm. But uh, we're we're still on three gushes. Let's just leave it at that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I can I can tell you what the internet thinks about gushes. It's two point forty nine. <laughs> is that Oland the Oland in internet? No, it's actually seventy seven <laughs> decks. Okay. Okay. That, uh, <laughs> in premodern that tells us okay. that that's the correct number. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so the reason why I play three gushes is because, um, first of all, because you play kind of some cantrips uh, that can find the gush. And contrary-wise to, uh, to, to grow a talk, uh, where you are more comfortably playing with like two lands and you have more access to Moxen, um, you don't want to gush like turn three, turn four, and turn five, right? Like, uh, or, or turn three and turn five. Uh, you just want to gush with this deck once in the game normally, and this is to win, mm. to win the game, right? And, uh, you can also use extra gushes in the green dear matchups, but the reason why you really play gush is to uh, win the game on the spot. Because uh, like the normal, let's say first four turns, you want to play land, 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 
turn three, turn four, psychic talk, turn four, turn five, you can also play factor fiction. So you want to curve until the turn four so you can play factor fiction and then gush to give this extra plus 6.5, plus 6.5 to the psychic talk. Mm. Yeah. I think also like... I don't know if you, uh, we don't have the sideboard here, but of this deck we're talking about, the three-color deck. Yeah, you have it. You have yeah. it below. If you scroll down. Okay, below. Yeah, uh, yeah you have the gush yeah. there. So yes. that's what, what was I was going at. You have the four in your seventy-five due to playing two cunning wishes. Yes. Uh, uh, another sweet addition that I think is probably the right way to go forward. Also, is the mox diamonds, right? Mm. Yeah, the reason why I added, hmm. <laughs> it says, you don't I added, really I added, know, but yeah. Yeah, well, the, the reason why I added those here is, first of all, because I wanted to support the, the, the little red splash. And I, mm. I also think that the, they behave well with Gush, right? That they, have, they give you back yeah. a little bit of tempo uh, that yeah. you can lose, yeah. uh, lose by, by doing uh, the Gush. Yes. Yeah, I think, uh, like... We're not we're not into like the latest iteration or whatever territory, but I I think Mox Diamond is probably one of the can be the most devastating <laughs> card to play against, mm. especially if you're playing against aggressive comboish strategies like this is. Uh, you, you're we're we're not talk, talking about upheavals anymore. Mm -hmm. We're talking about like going off in another sense, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the mox diamonds are yeah, yeah I have kind of sweet go especially also with the duresses and uh, like you're you can splash the fire it doesn't really hurt and stuff like that i, I remember when i saw when i saw you trying out like mox diamonds in the building it wasn't a four of just two i i remember like that was some i don't know it felt like a a moment of stroke of genius like oh you can play only two <laughs> uh, uh, and like someone has done their homework here <laughs> I, I was really impressed when i saw that list i remember that like and that, this is my latest like i i have not tweaked psychedog since i saw that mm -hmm. list like this is where i'm at and uh, i'm i haven't gone forward but yeah i, yeah, I did actually, like that uh, this list started with four Mox Diamonds uh, because the, all of the lists that I, that I played, they, they also evolved uh, by, in, by themselves, right? Like, and this started at four. Yeah. But then I re You're trying stuff out. Yeah. And I, I realized that um, this was not a Mox Diamond deck, like uh, at, at, at its core, right? Like you don't have like powerful turn to plays that you want to enable. You don't have like a land tax or amazing synergies beyond Gush, which is not really a synergy, but it's basically like... Uh, recovering some tempo, right? Um, so yeah. I thought mm -hmm. that uh, why do I need Mox Diamond in the deck in this deck four? And the reality is that I only wanted to play Fling at turn four or five. So for this reason, I kind of counted it as a as a pentacolor land that doesn't uh, that yeah that has a, a little bit of like a downside, but uh, is yeah a little bit different than the City of Brass. So it's it's just to play Fling that I wanted here, and it has the bonus that it can play uh, Fire. Which the reason why I included fire is because of elves mostly because fire it's yeah. devastating yeah. to elves as Anton can tell. The fire eyes. Yeah, yes. Mm. <laughs> so one thing you took back was also the 
prohibit, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, mm. You're, you're playing two of those. That's kind of sweet, yeah. I think. Uh, how how does those those act in this? Yeah. So the the reason to play prohibit prohibit is also um, as I said, this version it's trying to hate on uh, Astral Slide, Enchantress, and Landsteel mostly. And those two out of basically two out of those three decks, and mostly like Enchantress also maybe in the sideboard, play Source to Plowshares. So you really want to have a good number of the rest and good number to answers to Source to Plowshares. And Prohibit um, does answer Source to Plowshares very efficiently as a counter spell. Mm. Yeah, and you have uh, like the Circle of Logic still. It, this looks mostly like the blue black extended deck yeah. but splashing yeah. more constrained in the splash i'd say yeah. uh, and you have the counter spells maybe th is this something you played anton when you wanted to try no to no no uh, this is uh, way beyond oh. Th this deck is I, I think this will go to the show notes it must because this mm. is showing what primarily has become like uh mm. there's no derp anymore this is like you you have fast early answers and you have a fast combo plan here like this is where premodern is it's a fast format we mm, can't yeah. derp mm -hmm. around anymore and prohibit is very proficient at that and like yes. that counter spell came i think it was basically 2021 it, it it came to be like okay prohibit is actually it's really dope it's good in this format because we need to answer yeah. survival of the fittest we need to answer like uh the, the turn to Dreadnought or whatever. And as you said, the source plowshares. It's very cost-effective in doing what it does. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, this is just a nice evolution of resembling what Primodern has become, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, like, also, we talked a bit earlier about you, you played a bunch of one-offs in the black <laughs> removal suite, but now you, you settle for three smarter, but the, the fire in the fire and ice maybe picks up the slack that the others uh, uh, yeah that don't have that was the idea the, the idea was that uh, here i mean even though i'm giving up a little bit of space uh for lucky to connect uh since i have kind of access uh to turn one uh, fire or turn one smother um that was basically the logic so that yeah in here uh, again it basically like the list and the context, right? And the context here is, okay, I know I'm giving up some um, win rate against aggro, but I really want to push mm. the deck to a position where it can win the impossible matchups, right? And that was basically yeah. the, the experiment that I was testing here. Um, I'm, not, I'm not claiming this is like uh, the best deck or whatever, but uh, what I say is that this version, if your metagame uh, has Astros Light, Enchantress, and Landsteel, might be better positioned than the other one. Otherwise, you can play Festering Goblin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> or Vendetta, maybe. Yes. maybe yeah. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> so, uh, like, <laughs> your your most current uh, version hmm. of uh, core Psychotog, no shenanigans. Uh, where are you at right now? Yeah. So now I basically came back to uh, normal blue-black, blue, blue, uh, blue black, because I think it's the most solid one and uh, overall the one that uh, solves everything better, right? Like uh, you need to accept that there are like uh, some matchups that are very difficult or impossible. That's the reason why Psychiatoc might not be an 
you can quote me here and might not ever be one of the tier ones of in the format because uh, mm. there are limitations in, in the carpool that you have for this deck, right? Um, but trying to solve those limitations, what it does is completely destroy the win rate against the rest of the gauntlet. So uh, you just need to accept like uh, what you want to win. And um, with this version, I think that is the one that has like better win rate across most of the decks in the format. So what I'm up here, it's I kind of streamlined the selection of some cards. And, and I actually like one of the things that I did is remove situational kind of synergistic cards. I kind of uh, moved away from uh, long time uh, memory lapse and predict, not because I think they are not good, but because there are like some pairings uh, where they're like uh, terrible, like everything that is black based, uh, Caval Therapy, Duress decks, um, doesn't allow you to play like your combos of memory lapse into predict or portent into predict. They kind of break your chains and the cards, if they don't go together, are actually very, very mm. bad, right? And, yeah. and people is playing more and more pit drag decks. Uh, so black is more and more prevalent in, in modern, pre-modern format. Yeah. So mm. yeah, that's why I moved away from those to prohibit and actually a couple of counter spells as a late game response, catch all response. <clears throat> yeah, and you moved back a bit to like losing the clean removal of Fire and Ice. Mm -hmm. uh, you actually brought in Boomerang. Was, Boomerang has always been a car that people play in the blue-black, uh, like uh, Psychotog deck yeah. trying to take care of whatever mm -hmm. i guess but also it sets uh <laughs> it sets uh like pace or whatever for what you're trying to do uh, you need to boomerang well then you're probably not like in for the long haul uh, and that goes for one chain of vapor here also i guess yeah uh, right and we have so, we have the sideboard that goes so well along with boomerang and chain of vapor because you're still keeping yes. two discs right yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. That was my, my line of thought. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah. So I essentially you, yeah. are you talking about bouncing it when you're <laughs> when when you when you're activating it or? Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Precisely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we, we because also because bouncing your opponent's stuff before blowing it is not a good thing. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no. The 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 reason why I I included the chain of vapor and boomerang is also. Um, because uh, it's also a clean answer to humility turn uh, game one, but also Chain of Vapor counts as like my Vendetta number three versus Lucky, uh, or Vendetta mm -hmm. number four because I play also Ghastly Demise. So now my deck plays four one turn uh, answers to Lucky, which is something that I always wanted to do. Just is very clean, and it's a, yeah. it's more versatile than um, than the Funeral Charm because like let I mean. Yes, Funeral Charm has three modes, but let's be let's be uh, real, right? Like you normally use it for killing the turn one creature, yeah. And yeah. some mm. sometimes you use it for discarding a random card, uh, what, not random actually. Like the opponent chooses the, the card, right? Like so, exactly. you're exchanging this card for the worst card in your opponent's hand, which is not really where you want to be if you don't play Rack. Mm. Yeah. So. Um... Like, this is a clean Psychotog uh, deck. You're playing Wonder, you're playing four Psychotogs, mm. and you have, like, the... I think we've gone through basically most of uh, what you need to have mm. uh, if you're playing Psychotog in blue-black. 
you you choose portent uh, still mm -hmm. what's your uh, thought process there so you're playing in four impulses for portent yeah. for like sifting through stuff yeah, that, that's basically what, uh, one thing that I wanted to mention, right? Like I move away from predict, but I, I added four impulses. So I think that um, predict and impulse uh, have the, the unique characteristic that are the cantrips that go deeper uh, in the deck. And in this deck, uh, one of the things that you want to do is find Psychotok uh, in a timely manner, uh, either to win against mm -hmm. control, or you, you normally use it also as a huge wall against aggro. Like if you land a Psychotok, early enough, you can hold off um, a lot of damage coming through. Yeah, yeah. because we, like we've seen Peak and Consider and there's other cantrips, but mm. uh, you want to see more cards. Basically, that's yes. it, right? Yeah, you like want to find the right cards. Yeah. yeah. And it's very, yeah. very beautiful with four portents when you play seven deltas as well like yeah. if you actually want one card out of out of the portent you can still shuffle your library afterwards yeah. uh, I, I really like your setup here and it's kind of like a peak also if you <laughs> if you know that your opponent uh, needs something maybe low on lands or maybe you already have a psychotog yeah. that's hitting you can always use it on your opponent right sure. check the three top cards and don't give yeah. him that. <laughs> yeah, well, one of the things that I'm missing uh, of the, in this build is uh, sometimes I mispredict and not because of the synergy with uh, labs and Porton, but because predict has the unique uh, um, characteristic of being a natural counter to one format staple, which is in line of tutor. Yeah. Uh, mm, uh, yeah. That is pretty cool of use of predict and, and that sometimes I miss it. But I think that overall, um, yeah, in average, uh, I'm more happy to see one impulse in my hand than one one predict. Um, yeah, mm. and and that's also uh, interesting uh, what you mentioned, Anton, about the the fetch lunch, right? So here I play besides the four polluted deltas, which is like the mana fixing go to fetch lunch for the deck. I play three more fetch lands that some people might say that this is weird because uh, they just they can be basic basics, right? So I don't lose life. Um, but you, you were on spot when you said that one of the reasons is because of Porten, but there are two more reasons to actually play them. Like one is um, because of Psychotok. Uh, yeah. it, it's a 0.5 damage and it can enable a turn four kill uh, if you manage to find Gush and Factor Fiction and you have enough Fetchlands, but also for Ghastly Demise, right? You want to yeah. uh, maximize the options of feeling lucky with Ghastly Demise. Yeah. yeah, it's a very well thought out mana base here. With your cards mm. I, I really really like it and and you're playing two vendetta and two smother and yeah. you, you mentioned the lackey you yeah. have like uh, and even the one ghostly demise you have you still have some of those uh, cards uh like taking care yeah. of uh whatever i guess you're you might be afraid of yeah. like in the early rounds uh, and then you're able to dress four dresses that's uh, heavy so i think setting up you play duress early or uh portent mm -hmm. maybe if you're lucky or you have the vendetta or the chain of vapor uh, you're not playing any like we don't like the mox diamond then uh, in like no. the perfect blue black version no, I, I think but, that you, I mean, you don't need it because, uh, as I said, like normally, like Gush, you play it when, when you want to kill. 
So yeah, recovering mm. the tempo from from the gush is not really needed, right? Like, uh, so the the reason to play Mox Diamond is to add like an extra color, and if you don't have that extra color, I think it's better to play it without it. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so maybe that that concludes what we uh, need to talk about like in the blue-black uh, yeah. versions. Can, can we just uh, state the one thing that, uh, mm -hmm. about the sideboard? It's funny how, how apparent, what, what's the deck's largest weakness? Like the sideboard mm -hmm. is two discs, three engineered plague, two perish, four hydroblast, <laughs> and four annuls. So yes. it's like 11 cards against the aggressive decks in the format. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and, and also one note before moving on is uh, that I think it's worth mentioning for, for the people that is starting in the format, is that Psychotalk is one of the cheapest builds in pre-modern. Yeah. Yeah, you have like fetches, they're been reprinted. Uh, That's it? I don't think, may, yeah, I don't think there's any <clears throat> other expensive card in the total, even in the 75. Mm -hmm. uh, no. Like, you can, of course, play some cyborg cards and can be more expensive, but well, yeah, if you don't play Intuition, sweet. It's, it's kind of a sheep deck. So we're, we're hopefully our listeners aren't there that much scrambled in their head. They have their like sites put forward to what you can do in Psychotalk. But we will end uh, with the third part here. Uh, talk a bit about uh, to how, what you can do with Psychotog. Uh, not maybe as the main villain, but uh, as an additional villain. Mm. The Robin to uh, Batman. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't know who's who there, but... <laughs> uh, was it uh, your Grow-A-Tog list that came to mind when you started tinkering with other... Uh, like decks that play Sakatog, or where were your head at in Aki? Yeah, so, um, so uh, I basically, the, like, the first time that I saw uh, Grow a Talk in pre modern was back in 2018 that it won um, uh, Liga Madrileña de pre modern, so uh, the, the league from Madrid. And uh, yeah. first time I saw it, I saw like, hmm, this is cool, but like that is something I don't understand, right? Like, I started playing the deck. And it went a lot back and forth. And uh, first, first thing I did is like I was started playing there. I said like, well, this deck doesn't need Dryad. This Dryad is it sucks. I just need to Armageddon into Psychotog and win, right? Like, and I remove all the Dryads. Dryads. Um, then oh. after some testing, I realized that I was losing a lot just because uh, the deck became so much slower. Yes, of course it was better against the control deck, but against yeah. everything mm. aggressive, it was uh, a lot uh, worse. And then uh, I just realized that uh, there again, uh, pre-modern is not extended. And if you see the standard grow talk builds, they are more more or less like one-to-one -one matching to the all extended grow talk lists. And that's one of the reasons why they play Armageddon, which um, basically mm. I'm not saying Armageddon is a bad card in the deck, but the reason why Armageddon was played in extended back then 
is because Winterorp was not legal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I wondered about that. That's this is the like main deck I've been playing mm. in with Psychotog, uh, and I tried out uh, like Armageddon, and that's the first thing I thought mm. about. Why am I not just playing Winterorps? Yeah. Uh, maybe like w the first parter of going into uh, like Groatog, you're playing all of the colors basically, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, so you're playing the Quirion Dryad and the Meddling Mages. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's why you like, well, then I'm playing Armageddon also, mm -hmm. but Winterorb is clearly better since you're playing the Mox Diamonds. Yeah. Am I right? Uh, I, I wouldn't say it's better. Um, but uh, because again, there is no perfect list in in my eyes. There is like a, the the best list for a given meta game, right? Yeah. And if mm. if uh, premodern evolves and tight control because the becomes the standard control list instead of landsteel, then maybe I come back to Armageddon. Why? Because that control list and this is uh, the list where you want winter up against. Um, they play main deck for seal of cleansing, right? And that yeah. makes uh, winter very bad. But against Standsteel yeah. and against uh, even the Rock, uh, which are the decks that <clears throat> I wanted to play when I was creating or evolving the deck, I think Winter Orb is a much better answer uh, main deck than Armageddon. Mm. Yeah, Winter Orb is, is, is huge against those decks, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, but um, I kind of like what you did in Epic, like you had one Armageddon in your sideboard mm -hmm. and two Winter Orb in main deck. Like, I, I see both have merits and i kind of if i were to play growatog which is probably what i will be doing after this pod <laughs> <laughs> uh, i think i want one armageddon in the 75 because I, I i really like it uh, against and burning uh, wish yeah uh, no <laughs> uh, so uh, i can tell you why my armageddon appear in in the in the sideboard so the thing is that i was full on uh winters right because i was like full on like this is the meta game this is where i want to beat uh whatever but then you play premodern and then you realize what premodern is and premodern is a, a bunch of cool guys playing a bunch of cool decks which vary from like i don't know 75 different decks and archetypes yeah Right. And this right. means that, that mm. you find meta decks, but you also find like random brews that uh, can win you out of the blue. And against some of those random brews, Armageddon wins on the spot. Because some, yeah. some of those yeah. random brews are just too greedy and Armageddon just punishes them too badly. So I wanted to have at least one in my 75. Yep. I fully agree. I like it. I think what I really like also about uh, this deck uh, that I feel more confident about talking about even than the <laughs> blue-black psychotoxins I played it a bunch. Mm. Uh, what I really like is the diamonds, the mm. daces, mm -hmm. the, like, you're not playing foil. It, well, you're playing two foil. I am there. playing I'm foil, sorry. Yeah. yeah. You are playing foil, yeah. And, and you, you are playing the gushes. Maybe some versions aren't confident with six silence playing that but you probably need gushes in this mm. especially good with the winter or the mox diamond i think everything uh, looks so nice uh, on the paper at least mm -hmm. <laughs> with the query and dry hopefully maybe even turn one then just like with sly of hand portents uh, maybe peak and whatever you play uh, like all of the cantrips mm. then just building a dry query and dryad Having the meddling mage instead of the dresses for 
the source to plowshares mainly, I guess, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think that um, one of the things that, uh, or one of the reasons why this deck is not so much played in pre-modern is because um, when you see it on paper, you, the only thing you see is, okay, what I need to do is play Dryad, grow it to the infinity, and then bid with that, right? Like that's basically what, what you see when you, when, you, when you read this deck, right? And then yeah. you, build the, you build the deck, you try to do that, and you say, hmm, I win a lot when I have like Mox Diamond Dryad turn one, but then I lose everything else just because I focus to, to basically do this kind of play, right? And yeah. Yeah. what I learned in, uh, by playing this deck a lot is that, of course, you can do this kind of uh, plays, like that reminds a little bit like Canadian Threshold in, in Legacy. But the okay. deck, it has a, another kind of lines of play, like playing Winter Orb to stall the game and then kind of come back later or like land a Psychotalk later in the game and, and win with that, right? Um, you don't need to mm. always go like full tempo start. That's the reason, um, th the main power of the deck resides in like playing 15 cantrips, which actually filter out your, through your deck and allow yeah. you to adapt to every single situation in the game. Um, you can win by landing a, a Dryad in turn 6 easily. You, you, can, you can win the game uh, by doing that. You don't need to rush into Dryad turn 2. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. yeah. And like, regarding cantrips, I think I've been talking about Consider, but we're talking about Opt there, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Consider is a new magic card that when yeah. you get to put the card in the graveyard. It would have been better in Cycle oh, this, but yeah, yeah we, we can only scry and draw a yeah. card. Um, so there's options for uh options for, <laughs> for cantrips but um that's the cute and cool part about this deck and going back to the fire eyes uh, also yeah, nice. uh, i guess it's so like i, I think I've, as you mentioned not only sifting through trying to find whatever you need but like so many times you just like ice especially if you're Korean dryad it's like value oh, <laughs> you, oh, oh, like or even as with the winter, yes, winter also, but clearly, you can so. winter up, yeah. like you can winter up, you can ice the land of your opponent or you can ice your winter up so yeah. you untap yeah, if needs exactly. be. Yeah. yeah, upkeep, untap yeah. something, you you ice the land and uh yeah. I uh, I'm really into grow a target. Yeah, this uh, deck I've is been trying beauty. I've been trying different color combinations uh, also, but uh yeah, uh, we, uh, and I, yeah. Just, just one I, thing. I, do we need to say anything yeah. about the cyber there? Uh, I just want, do, what would you want to go uh, into, Anton? Yeah, if I may, Inyaki, you'll yeah. get to word later. But um, yeah. I think one card we should address here that we haven't even talked about in the Psychotog discussion is Jace. Like mm. um, we said, uh, Psychotog is a tempo deck, and like the the card for reals that impersonates what tempo is is Jace. So here we have it. Here we have four days in Grotog. Mm. Uh, and uh, I mean, obviously, when you play Mox Diamonds and Winter Orb, days is just fantastic. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. I don't know. Do you have any, like, why aren't we playing days in Psychotog, but we play days in Grotog? Uh, yeah, because yeah, to me, um, um, I said, like, well, Psychotog, what I said and what I, what I feel is that it has a lot of tempo plays, but it's not a tempo deck. For me, it's a combo control deck. It reminds me to the, uh, if you played in Vintage, Drain Tendrils. That's yep. basically the flavor for me of, of Psychotalk, right? The, the, uh, and if you compare it to other combo control deck in Premodern, it's like Turbulent Oath is the other combo control deck if you want it in the format. Um, and that's the reason why I play Days here, not in the other deck, right? Because Tempo deck, it's a deck that tries to make the game feel as you are always in turn one to three. Mm. 
and this is what this deck does either with wastelands winter orb like trying to like drain resources of the opponent so they feel they are playing always turn one to three which is the one that you are comfortable and in in Psychotok, you don't mm. have access to winter orb you don't have access to any mana denial um, that can make that feeling to the opponent and you don't care about that you just care about landing talk and making it connect and here it's a mm. different story right like having this here uh, it has like many purposes like one is of course like the dream start right turn one um, mox island triad you go uh, source to Plosha's days and, and, and win from there. That's, that, that's one, one of the things. Mm. The other one is what you said about Winterorp, that it also has value late, later in the game because of Winterorp. So this is not a dead card in turn five or six because you can be like tapping out mana with Winterorp. And the, and the yeah. third reason is because as Gush, it also enables foil. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm. And Mox. And Mox, yeah, it's yeah. oh yeah, yeah. This and Winter Orb in yeah. a way, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think all this uh, is a good like conclusion on why how cool it is. But uh, Inaki, did you want to add anything else there? Because I went into the cyborg a bit, yeah. but it's not maybe that interesting. But no, I just wanted to mention one thing uh, before moving on, and it was regarding to cantrips. Like one of the uh, things that I don't play, and lots of lists do play is peak peak is one of those because mm -hmm. and, and there is a, a reason why i don't play peak i mean i acknowledge the good synergy between peak and and metric mates but um basically I, I feel that it's a little bit like the training wheels right like normally when you yeah. play enough pre-modern i mean yeah. yeah maybe i don't know what exact card do you have in hand but i know what card wins mm. me the wins you the game for me right and and that's what i'm gonna yeah. name that's one thing. And the other one is because I want the cantrips to do what cantrips need to do, which is digging for cards. Uh, digging for, for the cards, yeah. right? Like, and, and peak, it doesn't really dig. It's even worse than opt. So I kind of try to play the, the more mana efficient that dig for more cards. And yeah, that's why, why I selected this split of cards and cantrips. But this is a nice uh, like conclusion of the deck, because I think this is a highly skill-intensive deck. Mm. Like what you just said, you you move away from peak like you you need to know pre-modern to play this deck well. yes oh my mobile phone is uh, <laughs> freaking out so so like 15 cantrips that's hard to play uh mm. for metal image without any training wheels it's hard to play so yeah uh i don't think this is a good like beginner's deck <laughs> no. uh if, if you enter pre-modern um but mm. it's a I, I think it's a very solid deck though yeah, I think if if you you can then as you mentioned, Inaki, you can start with peak. I guess uh, mm. it's kind of good with portent in a way. Also, I guess if you know what your opponent have in hand, if he's sitting on no lands or whatever, you can yeah, true, use true. it in that sense. Um, like we we're talking about the under categories of the uh, uh, the talk deck. Uh, we need to mention some other decks and maybe anton you're the guy to go with uh, go to to talk about the full english breakfast right yeah it it absolutely needs uh, a mention here because um <laughs> that's the most psychotog i've played in the, in the format i think and uh yeah you don't win with psychotog in full english breakfast by attacking with psychotog but it's just a way to filter your graveyard uh when you're facing disruption or interaction uh, when you're reliant on Volvar's shapeshifter. 
to set up the combo. So that's a really sweet interaction, and you can pitch it with survival or f and find it with survival. So your Volrath shapeshifter becomes Psychotog. Mm. Uh, and then you exile Psychotog uh, itself, and you put whatever card, like Phyrexian Devourer, on top instead. So you shapeshift mm -hmm. instead. So it, that's a cool use of it. Um, kind of a... I don't know, com complex uh, combo for sure to go full death in, but uh, it needs a mention, I feel like, in, in yeah. this episode. Yeah, speaking of uh, skill intensive and non beginner friendly decks. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have another suggestion for in that category, Inaki here? Yeah, there are like a couple of decks that uh, play also Psychedelic. Like, uh, Zombie Infestation is a very interesting one. and. Is it skill intensive enough uh, <laughs> and uh, non beginner friendly? Ah, okay, you, you're talking about that category. <laughs> and, uh, I was thinking about the uh, psychedelic category. No, we can talk about zombie infestation. <laughs> Maybe that works. Yeah. No, zombie infestation, um, I mean, uh, one of the. My color combination, my favorite color combination is blue black. It's been since yeah. forever. I played a lot of ad nauseum tendrils uh, back then in all the yeah. formats. Uh, I, I actually own like uh, around the fun guy here. <laughs> yeah, I'm also an ANT player in Legacy, yeah. so yeah, kudos. In all in all school, I used to play mono black uh, with blue splash. No no white, no red, no blue splash. Just blue splash. Yeah, that's, that's, um, that's what I like. And I'm currently owning um, more than thirty polluted deltas from onslaught in my in my <laughs> gauntlet today. So <laughs> yes, <laughs> so I like uh, blue white. So I of course had to try uh, zombie infestation. And and then I I I, I decided to um, to dismantle the deck just because in the end of the day it just plays very similar to Psychotok, uh, but I, I feel it's weaker because like the win condition it's uh, yeah not as consistent. Uh, you need more things, more cards to keep it going. You need the squeeze. You need uh, so it's a namesake card. Yes. Tell the listener okay. what you do basically. Uh, it's it's an enchantment. Uh, for one black, one uh, colorless mana. And it says, uh, as a cost, uh, you discard two cards from your hand, and then you put a 2-2 two, two black uh, zombie token on board, uh, which is very good like against uh, a lot of decks, like especially if you land it early on uh, versus a control deck that's most likely uh, a threat on its own that can win the game. Um, but it doesn't play as much different as Psychiatok, and it just has a lot more like dead cards, which I don't like. Mm. Like, as I said, a squeeze, because like, it's pretty obvious that if you play zombie infestation uh, and you have like four squeeze in the, in the graveyard, this means like um, four, uh, two zombies for free every turn, which is like a nonsense, yeah. right? Like it's, yeah. But it's very much an all-in deck in that yes. sense, I guess, right? Yeah. yeah. I, and not that much, uh, like can trippy and finding the right cards or anything. And at the yeah. same, and at the same time, it's a tribal deck. It's a slow tribal deck without enchantment removal, which is pretty bad because engineered plague is all the, is all over the place. Yeah. And it's mm. so weird, like, you, you have to play sometimes Intuition for your uh, zombie infestations, and then yes. they just have the re removal for your zombie infestation, and yeah, three infestations are now in your graveyard. Like, it's hard to win from there. Yeah. No. Mm. Um, yes. The next thing we w you wanted to mention also, Anton, was uh, 
Yeah, we're still in blue-black colors, but uh, it has come up more and more, and it, it's like using one or two psychotog um, in blue-black uh, stifonaut, just as a more redundant threat density, basically. Like, yeah. if they have mm. all the artifact um, um, answers, you, you can go late game. Mm -hmm. But you also play for gushes in, in those lists, so, like, psychotog inherently is good in that type of deck. It's mm. a tempo control um, combo deck, so it kind of fits the deal. Um, so it's, <coughs> it's Would it work the other way around also, like having the Cyphernaut package in the sideboard? Uh, if, if I mean, it's 12 black, cards. Uh, so <laughs> so uh, you need to have at least some facing out cards in your yeah. main. Yeah, I, guess. I mean, one could probably do like a... Um, Drogo, not uh, Psychotog with never in, never in there's disc and um, facing that way, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah. mm. speaking, speaking of weird combination, and sorry because this is a little bit off topic, but uh, we can talk in some other uh, pot. Um, one thing that I tried one day in a Stifle Knot, in a Stifle Knot, is uh, packing a Stasis package of the board just, oh be just because it destroys <laughs> Landsteel. <laughs> And is one of the main enemies for Stephenot. And if you think it, they have a lot of cards in common. It's just weird. And this is kitchen magic yeah, talking okay. yeah. here. Okay, <laughs> we'll talk some other day, and we can talk offline. Just have that in mind. No, but but yes, you wanted to beat like some of the <laughs> players you've been. I, I really they like always this. bring it. This is quite novel, actually. To like yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, we all done it, like going to a tournament and knowing that one player will be there. <laughs> <laughs> How will I beat that player? Yeah. And then you probably don't even <laughs> get to meet him. <laughs> so blue, black, stifle knot, uh, actually, ha it's kind of cool to move around the, uh, the like artifact removal package, at least in the having a couple in the sideboard, but not in the main then, uh, Maybe one yeah, psychotog in main, one, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, like the last under category of, uh, there's probably some mm. more, of course, but uh, you you wanted to talk about, Inaki, the dump truck deck. Yeah, uh, uh, I really wanted to mention about this because, um, first of all, because dump truck is also a very cool deck uh, that is uh, seen very few play in the format. And I think it's good reason why it's seen so or if you play because it's not very powerful it tries to do a lot of things with cards that are uh, with like a lot of like multicolor mana costs and uh, very slow but it's a very cool deck and some of those decks um, can pack psychotop right like just for the people that the listeners uh, what is dump track dump track is a blue black white and for the modern people an esper deck um, that it plays mm. mostly Finkel and Picula, they call it. They also called it Finkula, right? They have like yeah. Shadow Mage, Infiltrator, yeah. Meddling Mage, and uh, as a finisher, you play uh, Exalted Angel. Um, but if you wanna uh, have another option for a cheap finisher, you can also play Psychotop because it goes very well with Shadow Mage Infiltrator, which we talked before. That is not the best card in the format, but still, if you if you play it because the deck, uh, it's it's a main card in the deck, it goes well with Psychotop definitely. Absolutely. Mm. One should probably uh, play Kai Bude in that deck also, just to have the, oh, just to have all yes. invitational wizards. Yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> invitational wizards deck. <laughs> yeah. So we've been through uh, like all of the basically the 
Uh, I think what what you need to know if you put together a Psychotog deck. Uh, I think the only two things uh, I'd like to uh, end with is like more specific card questions or whatever. If we missed out on a card that some of you uh, wanted to mention at least. Uh, I have two cards uh, that I thought about, but... Uh, uh, prob they're probably not good, but we can like shoot them down together. Mm -hmm. uh, and maybe if we need to know about sideboard options and stuff like that, also okay. something. So, uh, anybody want to go, or should I hit it? Uh, hit it. Hit it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you mentioned at least in your later iteration, Naki, oh. about how you want to find, uh, like you need to. Maybe sometimes you just won't need to get the psychotog. So I'm thinking about Lindos Vault mm. here. Uh, hit or miss? Miss because of gush or? I, I think it's a miss because, I mean, even though it does fill the role, uh, it's, a, it's too all in for a combo control deck. I think it works very full combo decks. Like, uh, for instance, I would say mm. Stiffel Knot, it looks more like a full combo yeah. deck. But uh, I can see... That's usually where yeah. you see a couple of them, right? I yeah. can see a merit because it also plays very well with Gush, right? You can do like very interesting stacks with like putting Gush on top and then Psychotok and like a counter magic or a duress uh, at the three top cards. Mm. And I can see a merit for that card. But um, the yeah, Psychotok is all about cycling uh, cards and card advantage. And Lindel's Wall is basically completely the opposite. I see. Uh, I, I think I kind of agree. Uh, there's probably some instances where you can make it work, I guess, but uh, I have another one here. <laughs> it's a creature. It's also black, sadly, that maybe th this is why everything's going to get shot down uh, because we need gush in the blue black uh, psychotog deck, I guess. Mm. But uh, how about Mesmeric Fiend? Yeah, um, yeah again. This is a very good card, uh, but... You're playing Maidlem Mage yeah. in one version, yeah. if you're playing Grovatog, but... No, yeah. that's a good one, but then what uh, What do you replace Mesmeric with, right? Uh, is It It basically needs to go in a counter magic uh, slot, uh, because it is mm. it, what it does, but uh, then it, it's kind of not playing well with counter magic. So <clears throat> I can see if you play more a proactive Psychotog deck, which I don't think is ideal, because most of the good cards for Psychotokar instance, it can see some play, but yeah, I think that that's the main thing, right? Like it doesn't play well with like the rest of the, of the deck overall. Yeah. I'm, I, I can buy yeah, that. There are also. so many other like discard options in, yeah. in black also. So yeah. Yeah. I kind of like them on a stick sometimes. Yeah. Uh, third. Thirdly, before you go into it, Anton, I like this shooting down quickly stuff, uh, so I don't need to think about them anymore. Yeah. Uh, why are we not playing Probe? Because it's very slow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yep. Way too slow. Yeah, I, uh, yeah I, I figured. We, we moved away from it real early. I don't think you're playing it in extended decks in 2002. Even, Actually, so. Pro Probe is one yeah. of those cards that I, I, I always look with a uh, lot of, uh, very carefully, because uh, it has lots mm. of things that I love, right? Like the color combination, the effects, it just misses the instant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah probably. You need to do it end of turn yeah. 
to have counterspell yes. mana available. But then it, it, but we're, yeah, it would be broken, sorry. right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But once we're in that category, wouldn't recoil be a like card to consider here, or is it just too expensive? Yeah, um, recoil. Some people play recoil in the psych. psych yeah, I've seen yeah. some. And I think uh, the reason why I play boomerang over recoil is because uh, it's more tempo tempo favorable, right? Like uh, playing two mana is better than playing three mana because I mean it's it's all about like what are you answering with this card? If you are answering something that costs more than two mana, then it's okay. You can play either uh, both cards to kind of have the same tempo advantage, so to say. It. Um, I think that the the, yeah. the the discard is kind of irrelevant in most of scenarios, and playing something that costs two mana allows you to play also counter magic together with it if need be. So yeah, the, the cost is important. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Anton, did you have a I card have there? I have one or? other card that is yeah? basically the card of uh, 2021, Plague Spitter. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it can handle a lot of problems that the deck has like it's a house against both goblins and elves um and sly for that matter so have you tried plague spitter in yaki or i have not but um I, I have to tell you that um i kind of feel comfortable playing against tribal especially okay. game two game three because if you see my sideboard especially versus elves i have like on top of the three engineered plague i have the two um discs which are not perish. that good but also to perish right yeah, yeah. which um, is not something um, i think that black has a lot of good options yes of course uh plague speeder is amazing but i like plague speeder more if you can pack a, pack some number of cabal therapies or way to kind of kill it whenever you yeah. need it right and, and not like losing your premium removal on killing your own plague speeder <laughs> yeah i hear you uh, yeah, yeah. But I, I think like it, to me, if if you compare like Shadow Mage Infiltrator as a CMC three slot, that's possible to play. Yeah, yeah. I, and I think Plague Spitter is like taking it to the evolution of pre-modern, basically. Yeah, like actually, if if, if the, the, I can say that the, the main reason to play uh, Plague Spitter, if you ask me, is not and and that might sound weird, but is not about like the aggro or tribal decks, but is to play it and add the threat density versus control yeah. decks, actually. So you can play it versus Stasis, uh, which Psychotog is naturally good because of the ability, but also you can play it versus um, Landsteel, and at least you have like a kind of 3-2 on a stick, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I can see Merit playing yeah. that. Yeah, you kill the Kree tokens every yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, No, I, I, I actually like it. So I, I tested it. Uh, I'm not settled, settled yet uh, to play it like fully on the deck, but uh, I see Merit on that card, and definitely. I have two more cards. Then, then I'm done, I promise. Yeah, I'm done now. I will, ha I will okay. have one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll end with the best one that I think at least <laughs> could be played. But uh, Obsessive Search. What do you think about that? That's a spoiler That's, uh, for most listeners, I think. Do tell. Okay. So uh, it, it's a madness card. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's for one and you draw a card. Yeah. Uh, but it has madness also, yeah. right? Yeah, I think that it doesn't provide much, right? Like, uh, yes, of course, if you have it like with the talk and you want to use it in the turn that you want to kill, it can be good, but otherwise it's, it feels like a worse pick, right? Like uh, you just mm. go through one card. I mean, it's cool and such, but I don't think it does much. Like it, it's really 
uh, in contention with like cars that has a lot more value uh, in the 75. Mm. You need to play more of a market <coughs> deck probably. Yeah. That's more in the circle, circular logic area mm. decks, I guess. Uh, Inaki, do you want to go with your card? Sorry, I missed that part. Inaki there? Yeah. Okay, do you want to tell me your card yeah, that you uh, thought about? Mine, uh, mine um, okay, this is kind of a brewer space and also a challenge for, for the brewers out there. And that's a card that I, will, uh, I, mm -hmm. I tried to break with Psychotalk, but uh, I never managed. And it's Oath of Druids. Ooh, mm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a nice synergy. Oath of Druids. Uh, yeah, I thought about this yeah. also. Yeah. I can see something, some nice things going on. First is um, that Psychotalk can be hardcasted which is one of the flaws of normal out of druid decks, like yeah. that you can't play your threats and Psychotic you can. And it mm -hmm. also gives you access because of the color uh, spread to another very good card with Psychotic, which is Pernicious Did. Yeah. Right? So I know there are like lots of brilliant brewers out there, so maybe they can come up with something cool with this. Yeah, that, sounds, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, that was the first card. When you said Oath... My my first reaction was, oh, then you can play Deed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I only thought about it because I don't know how uh, like vulnerable you are to graveyard, uh, like removal or whatever, Inaki. But I thought about like what you said, yeah. Anton, with the playing uh, Psychotog in the sideboard. I thought uh, that about like Cypherlot. Mm. Can you put in Cypherlot? Can you do it with Oath? But I never thought about the logistics of yeah. it uh, what would you say how, how vulnerable are you to uh, I don't know we have crypts I don't know what else we have that's like torment crypts what, what's the worst card you can meet uh, you mean like sideboarded against in you, talk? Uh, actually I can tell you that I'm always super happy when I see my opponent lands a torment script against psychotalk um, the mm. reason is because uh, the only way you can make uh, Tormod Script effective against Psychotalk is by cracking it in your turn. Because if you do it in my turn, I will be able to respawn and grow the talk and kill you anyway, right? And At least if you have it in play. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And the thing is that um, normally this, the blue-black Psychotalk builds can kill you very easily from hand without the need of, of Graveyard just because you play three Factor Fictions and three Gush which is essentially 13.5 damage plus one from the second 14.5 damage, which is almost you're dead with two cards. So yeah, Tormod yeah. Creep is not very good. Yeah. Okay. So we're, we're not like that vulnerable to any specific cards in that way, I guess. Maybe, maybe Planner Void, because Planner Void, uh, it, it, yeah, it, it basically denies half of the part of Gush and Factor Fiction. You need to basically play everything from hand. Well, actually, no, right? Because uh, you can remove it with uh, with planner void on the stack. Yeah, it's a it's a trigger. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's no leyland of the void. Yes. But then you have to mm -hmm. do it at the same time. Yes. Like you have to withhold for a large, large turn. Yeah. So it yeah. will for sure have. It delays you. Yeah. 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 Okay. The last <coughs> card I thought about was uh, shallow grave. Mm -hmm. That's an interesting one. Well, wouldn't one 
like Miser Shallow Grave be nice in one of the one of the things that we have not mentioned, but uh, it was recurrently played back in ex in extended in the Cunning Wish decks uh, in the Cunning Wish Psychedelic decks. Uh, it was Corpse Dance, so that was a, a tech okay. they used to play. Um, but the reason why they played it is again you need to think about the context and the format. Uh, there was a period in extended where source to closure was not legal, and and they the main removal was a smother. And then, of course, it was very good to play um, Corpse Dance, but uh, Premodern is a source to closure format. So that's the reason why I I think these are not like the best cards for Premodern because like the main answer to Psychedog is source to closures. Mm. Well, I think still <coughs> like it, not everyone is playing source to closures and uh, it's kind of a cool setup, <coughs> giving it haste in a sense. Yeah, right? yeah definitely. Uh, yeah. That, that's the cool part about not just getting it back, but mm -hmm. actually trying to win out of the blue. Yeah. Uh, not, not needing to play anger or anything. In a way, it's like fling, right? Like it allows you to win in the same turn yeah. you play Psychotok, but on color. Mm. Mm. So maybe, but uh, swords is still a problem. That's yeah. what we're going for. If it, you, you're not usually seeing it in the graveyard yeah. that's what you're saying yeah but i mean i can see some weird lines of play like i play psychotog then you swords then in response i discard another psychotog and then i shallow grape the discarded one and, but it's too complicated yeah. maybe right there we go yeah no <laughs> I, I like that yeah that's where i'm going for yeah. plays are always awesome <laughs> yes i i'm yeah okay yeah <laughs> uh i think we've uh, like gone through a bunch of Psychotog things. I don't know if I've said Psychotog <laughs> as many times in this soon to be two hours. Uh, yeah, we did uh, we did quite ever. an extensive research uh, here uh, in Yaki yeah. being a uh, solid brewer for this archetype yeah. for several years. So I think we covered uh, a lot. And we actually forgot about uh, one color combination, which is a splashing white, but maybe for some other day. Well, we did talk about the Growatog at least. Yeah, but uh, also like Esper Psychotog, kind of blue, black, white Psychotog uh, with Mad Images. Yeah. And Source to Plosures, which yes. is premium in yeah. pre-modern. Yeah. I thought that's where we started before Growatog, but maybe that's, uh, you're yeah. right. Maybe it's a more cleaner way to go mm. instead of the red. But So there's more stuff yes. to think about. That's what you're saying. Yes. And, it, and it's still that's, a brewer's, that's a good note. Yeah, on. it's still a brewer's challenge in pre-modern, like as you said in Yaki. Yeah. Like, it's not totally figured out. I don't think so yeah. either. I'm I'm not totally uh, set on where I want to be, uh, and that's interesting. I think, mm. uh, like you mentioning in Aki about you need to know the meta. Mm. And then, then there's so many things to really acknowledge before you can get your head wrapped around it, I think. Uh, with that said, I would very much like to thank you, Anton, for joining me this fine evening. Always a pleasure. Thank, thanks and for having uh, me. Yeah, of course. Uh, Inaki, I was very glad that you could join us to talk about Psychotog. Pleasure has been mine. It's been very, very interesting. Good, good. And hopefully the listeners feel the same. 
uh, we, we will be back with some other content later on, I guess. But uh, this will be it for us tonight. Good night. Good night. Bye bye. Bye. Good night. Bye bye.